Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In this video, I'll be showing you three revenge stories that get increasingly more dark. The first is pretty innocent, the second slightly dangerous, and the third, as you can tell by the title and thumbnail, is one of the darkest revenge stories I've ever read. Trust me, you're going to want to stick around for that one. Let's get started with story number one. Mechanic tries to scam me, receives public embarrassment in return. I am a 26-year-old woman, and I do not look like I would know a single thing about cars. I'm 5 foot 3 with long blonde hair, soft girly appearance, and an eternal baby face that makes me look about 15 to 16 years old. I drive a rather beat-up looking 2004 Avalon. My dad and brother are both mechanics. Not my profession, but I've learned a thing or seven from them, and I'm very comfortable working on cars. I'm only mentioning my appearance because it's pretty common for mechanics to assume that I'm an idiot about cars. A while back, I was pretty overwhelmed with life and didn't have a good space to do it myself, so I took my car in to get the oil changed. The place offered a free of charge head-to-toe inspection for any repairs that might need to be made. I knew my car was fine. I'd pretty recently changed the air filter and brake pads. The rotors had maybe 40,000 miles on them and were in great condition. New serpentine belt too. Literally, I just didn't feel like changing my oil myself. Some relevant notes. Before I went to the shop, I actually checked my air filter and it was in fact pristine. Also, I usually call my dad while I'm working on my car so we can chat, so he knows what repairs or maintenance I've done and that my car is well taken care of. After they changed my oil, the guy came back with the inspection results on a clipboard and was holding my air filter. He had this grave look on his face like something was wrong. Mind you, this is a very busy place and there were lots of customers in the waiting room. He told me that we needed to go over the results because my car was about to be completely broken down and also not safe to drive if I didn't get several repairs done ASAP because these were all completely shot. The repairs he said I needed were new brake pads, new rotors, new calipers, replace serpentine and drive belts, new air filter, new compressor or my AC will not work, a heavy threat in the middle of summer in Florida, and a couple more generic things. He showed me my air filter that was filled with dead grass, a dead wasp, some dirt, and hair. Bruh, he really scooped some BS off the shop floor and put it in my new air filter to try and freak me out? The total, about $1,500 worth of work. He said it would be more expensive anywhere else, but he was willing to give you a deal. So I immediately start buying myself time by asking some basic questions that I knew he would have to explain so I could nod at him all wide-eyed while I came up with a good way to respond to what he was doing. What does the serpentine belt do? Is it important? Etc. I texted my dad. I'm going to call you in a sec. Just play along. I told the guy. Oh my God, that's so scary. I can't believe I was driving around like that. Thank you so much for caring. I don't have the money, so let me call my dad real quick to see if he can help me out. 
I can't afford this. I then proceeded to enhance my dramatic performance by even working up a tear while I called my dad. The guy is standing there with me in front of all the customers. I put my phone on speaker and gave my dad a whole sob story about how I need money again. I'm so sorry. Can he help me? He asked what the repairs were and how much. I said, I don't know, but it sounds really bad. He says that it's dangerous, dad. I can't be without a car. What am I going to do? Then I asked the guy to tell my dad what the repairs were. He rattles it all off and my dad is playing his part perfectly. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I'm glad you caught this so she's not in danger anymore. Little did this scammer know he was the one in danger. He hands the phone back to me and I drop the facade and started laughing really hard. As soon as dad hears me, he started scream cackling into the phone. I said, dad, do you hear this BS? Get this. He brought me my new air filter I just put in to show me how dirty it was. He pulled trash off the floor or something and rubbed it on there. Dad and I continued to crack up. The audience in the waiting room was also cracking up. Scammy McCanny was beat red and completely at a loss for words. Head down and some stuttering was his response. I handed him my air filter and told him to go vacuum it out and to make sure to let me see it before he put it back in. I sat and watched him put it back once it was clean and also watched him pull my car out to make sure he didn't do anything horrible while I wasn't looking. I might have taken it a little far, but I really hate when mechanics take advantage of people who don't know anything about cars. So this felt like a massive win. Big props to my dad for his performance and for teaching me about cars. And there we go, a nice little fun one to start off today's episode. Nothing too dark, just some good old public embarrassment that this guy definitely deserved. OP, if you think you went too far here, let me just stop you a second. This guy was fully willing to scam you out of one and a half thousand dollars, watching you break down in front of him and beg your father because it's money you could not afford for something that didn't even need fixing. If that's not worth a little bit of public embarrassment, I don't know what is. Right then, let's get into story two of this episode. Things start getting a little bit more serious now. This is Pro Revenge. Burning Vengeance. First, some context. There's this product called Pure Cap, which is basically 100% capsaicin oil, the stuff that makes hot peppers hot. It has a Scoville rating of 500,000 units per drop, but no flavor, making it ideal for spicing up food without affecting the way it tastes. Putting enough of it, usually only a few drops, on any food can make it almost completely inedible to anyone who is not a total firemouth, i.e. pepperhead. It's available on Amazon for about 30 US dollars per two ounces, but a little goes a very long way. That's why it's sold in an eyedropper bottle. Now, here's the good part. In the early 2000s, my brother, Rick, was working in a cool center that had a break room with a fridge freezer, a microwave, and a small sink. He didn't take his own lunch often, usually leftovers from the previous night's dinner, maybe three or four times a month. But every time he did, it would get stolen. The first couple times, he didn't mention it. You know, just in case it was a simple mistake and the person was too embarrassed to own up. However, the third time he remembered the military axiom, once is happenstance, Twice is coincidence, but thrice is enemy action, and reported the thefts to his supervisor, Don, and the head of human resources, Dolly, every time after. However, they said that without proof, there was nothing they could do. No cameras in the break room, and so this is where my plan hatched. One night, I made a roast beef dinner with potatoes and carrots, cooked all day in a crock pot with onion soup mix on top. 
believe me, it was fork tender and delicious. I also made a nice salad to go with it and put away a complete dinner serving for my brother to have for lunch on his next shift. The next night he came home and said his lunch had been stolen again. So the next morning I made a really deluxe roast beef sandwich thickly sliced with lettuce, pickles, cheddar, and mayonnaise on an eight inch hoagie roll. So whoever was stealing would think they'd hit the jackpot two days in a row. I also loaded the roast with pure cap like four droppers worth that's about 30 to 40 drops on the meat alone and i made sure it was all completely absorbed before closing the sandwich so the roast looked really juicy i even mixed some into the mayo and put some more on the bread because bread tends to downplay the fire a bit rick came in about halfway through the pure cat application and asked what the heck i was doing i looked back with an evil grin and said oh just making a little present wink for the lunch thief my grin was instantly copied on his face because he was the one who'd originally told me about the stuff after he'd used it to prank a former roommate so he knew what was going to happen then he went to finish getting ready for work i could hear him chuckling the whole time i even gave him five dollars on his way out because that one sandwich shop with the green and yellow logo was only a couple blocks from his job and still had their $5 footlong promotion going on. When Rick got home that night, his grin was even bigger as he relayed the events. He was between calls only a couple hours into his shift when suddenly there's this god-awful howling from the break room. Everyone who wasn't on a call right then, including Dolly, rushed in there to see the sandwich on the table with one bite taken out of it. The half-chewed bite lay right next to it and Don at the sink, desperately trying to wash the capsaicin inferno out of his mouth not knowing that water only makes it worse don was ostensibly friendly and reasonable so he was well liked by his people i guess he thought that would make some sort of difference because he pointed directly at rick and yelled he tried to kill me then went back to trying to put out his mouth fire with water dolly picked up the bag the sandwich had been in which clearly had rick's name in big red letters in his handwriting she looked at rick rick looked back with a completely straight face and shrugged so dolly grabbed the guy by the arm and dragged him to her office with him streaming tears and snot the whole way by this time the water had sent the pure cap into real overdrive and don had to just stand there and burn while dolly and the call center's manager bill dressed him down for about 15 minutes finally ending it with his termination for theft. The guy could hardly even speak from the burning tears and runny nose that the sandwich caused. And besides that, he had no defense anyway because he'd just outed himself for stealing an employee's lunch. The company had a zero tolerance policy about that kind of thing, especially when higher ups steal from the people they manage. Rick was back at his station and on a call when Bill personally came over smiling and said that Dolly wanted to see him when he was free. Rick gave a thumbs up knowing fully well why she wants to see him, took the call to its conclusion and went over to human resources. Here is how he described the encounter. You wanted to see me, mom? Yes, I do. First, being the aggrieved party, you're not in trouble. Second, what the heck did you put in that sandwich actually my brother made it he pulls the bottle of pure cap out of his pocket and sets it on dolly's desk with a smile dolly picks up the bottle and reads the ingredients list which literally just says capsaicin oil 500,000 scoville units per drop 
bursts out laughing and hands it back. There was kind of really a lot of that in the meats. And the mayo. And the bread, said Rick. Oh, you know what? Go ahead and take your lunch break now. And when you get back, we'll talk about making you that section supervisor. So he did. Rick still says that was the most emotionally satisfying sub sandwich he's ever had. He declined the super position though, so they promoted a different person from that section. A really nice lady, Kerry, who'd also witnessed the sandwich debacle. The whole office laughed about it for weeks afterwards, and every new hire for at least a year got to hear the story, as both entertainment and a warning. I smiled about it for a month, and both Rick and I rarely miss a chance to tell people about PureCap and its potential applications regarding lunch thievery. I never did hear anything else about Don, but I imagine getting hired anywhere else, not to mention being promoted to a managerial position, was fairly difficult with that huge red flag for theft on his record. We've also got a little edit here as well, guys. Today, I just asked my brother about the incidents and he's like, oh, I forgot to tell you. A couple of days later, Don actually did try to accuse my brother of attempted murder, but both Dolly and Bill went to bat for him. It turned out that Dolly herself had confiscated the sandwich and the errant half-chewed bites, wrapped them back up, sealed the package with duct tape and put it in the back of the break room freezer with a note that said, do not touch. So when it was found that it had nothing spoiled or toxic, as well as only Don's DNA, Don got hit with charges of false accusation and filing a false police report, double, and had to pay for the legal fees and the cost of the testing. So apparently the murder attempt charge got shut down hard. After that, my brother was not interested anymore and asked to never be bothered about Don again with which Dolly, Bill, and the company lawyers happily agreed. All right, let me just do some quick matter because I want you all to understand just how much spice was used in this sandwich. It's insane. So one drop of capsaicin oil was said to be 500,000 Scoville units. A Carolina Reaper, one of the hottest chilies in the world, has 2 million Scoville units, right? So effectively four drops. You put 30 to 40 drops in. That's the equivalent of 10 Carolina Reapers. Oh my goodness. I'm not surprised he tried for attempted murder. That amount of spice genuinely could probably have killed somebody. I mean, don't get me wrong. You needed some form of justice here. You can't just steal someone's lunch. But that level of spice and heat, my word, you're lucky that nothing serious happened to the bloke. All right then, the moment you've all been waiting for. This is what the title, the thumbnail is all about. Possibly one of the darkest revenge stories I've ever read. This is Black Hole Revenge. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. My ex-wife was a monster and now can't hurt anyone else. This story started nine months and 15 years ago. That was when my wife at the time awed me. We'd been together for almost three years. We'd had a child together and were mostly happy. 
she really wanted another kid and i didn't i'd already found out that she'd gotten off her birth control and had caught her poking holes in the condoms i discussed with her how i didn't feel comfortable having another child and refused to have sex with her until we could make a compromise to understand what happened next you need to know that we both enjoyed some bondage and kink stuff and our shared bed was set up for that a few weeks after my ultimatum i awoke to her on top of me while i was bound to the bed i won't go into details but she got what she wanted despite my protest and repeated use of our safe word which for reference i'd never felt inclined to say before a few weeks later she's making the announcement to the family that she's expecting Meanwhile, I'm still trying to come to terms with how this happened. I changed my sleeping habits, and just in general, I tried not to be around her anymore. But I wasn't willing to leave her, I just started doing a lot more with our child. Over the next few months, she started trying to invite other play partners into our house, berating me for not being willing to have sex or do other things with her. I stayed with her and just spent more time at work or with our first child. I couldn't move on and I didn't understand why. Eventually, kid two was born and my wife was happy. She got herself a living boyfriend because I wasn't satisfying her anymore. At this point, I was on the verge of taking my own life. Then my father died and that was the catalyst that got me moving. Over the next months, I filed for divorce and got her boyfriend arrested. This is not the revenge. During the divorce, she told me if I fought her on anything, she would use audio from some of our play sessions to show how abusive I was. So I didn't. I lost a lot. By the end of everything, she was living happy with that same boyfriend and expecting another child from him. It took a few years but eventually I was ready to enact some glorious revenge. I spent years after the divorce learning everything I could about the boyfriend, where he had family friends, his interests. I worked at relearning the same things for my ex-wife. In the small town they were living in, a large number of people were members of a particular church. I started sending weekly prayer requests for the families around my ex that their children would remain safe from the predator living next to them. It turned out the guy she married liked them young, like 12 to 15 kind of young. The church started making a fuss about things and he lost his job, became unhirable, and they were forced by different landlords to move repeatedly. When their finances really got bad, she went to move back with her dad, while he thought he had a job opportunity in his parents' hometown. His job opportunity was from a fake company with a fake website that was offering just the job he would want that took me a while to make. When it fell through, he decided to stay with his parents for a time and send my ex money. With knowledge of his email, I was eventually able to find out that he was on some different dating and hookup sites. I catfished him on one as a young, curious girl who would love to meet up. This fake girl was a real person, but she happened to be the daughter of the leader of one of the state's largest motorcycle gangs. When he showed up to meet her one day, things went badly for him as he spent a day or two in the hospital and was forced to leave the States. I forwarded all this information anonymously to my ex who decided to dump him on the spot. She was in a bad place also as I'd called a city inspector about her dad's house, which got it condemned. She eventually found herself another place and another man and they moved in together in no time. But I was bankrolling him and soon enough, I had him telling her it's either me or OP's kids because they're just too much. She chose him and I got my kids back. 
Before long, he left her and she was hunting for someone else to warm her bed. Unfortunately for her, half or more of her online dating was me ghosting her. She started getting more and more depressed. Then the grandparents of the other kids started calling for repeated childcare checks and were filing for custody because they'd heard how neglected the kids were thanks to information I'd been sharing to them. When the other kids were finally taken away, she got a care package filled with photos of all the other people she'd been involved with or had been friends with, showing her how happy they all were now that she was out of their lives. Some number of days later, I got a call informing me that she had taken a bottle of pills and despite the best efforts of emergency responders, she had died and they wanted to know if our children would be needing any grief counseling. The kids actually took it pretty well and I'm as happy as I've ever been. So there we go, guys. Now you probably get why I said this is the darkest revenge story I've ever read. OP just sitting back in the shadows, fully manipulating his ex-wife's life to the point that she felt she had no option but to end it herself. If that is not black car revenge, then I don't know what is. Wow. Now guys, I've looked through the comments on Reddit itself and a few people are a bit dubious if this story is real or not so i imagine that some of you may be as well what i will say is i have personally messaged the user and have asked for more information and look i'm using my best judgment here i think it's real they give me a lot more info that i don't really want to share and i know this sort of stuff does happen and uh yeah with that all being said i'm 99 sure this is a real story i'm not going to go into details as i said but yeah, it's real. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this one. Really hope you enjoyed it. Ugh, wow, what a story. If you did and you want more from me right away, please do check out this playlist on screen and down below in the description of all my revenge episodes. I'm not quite sure that any of them compare to this, but there are some dark ones in there as well. If you did enjoy it, drop a like, comment your thoughts on it, of course, as always. And I'll see you all tomorrow for a more lighthearted episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.